Okay, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Partnership for the Arts, where we talk art. <laughs> Gina, how you doing today? Hey, Dave. I'm doing great. Thank you. Yeah, good to see you, too. Thank you. How are you today? I am feeling blessed. I got the refill on my cup of coffee. <laughs> you ready to do part two? Talk to Robin King, smooth jazz pianist, recording artist, record producer. Yes, I am. He was an amazing guest. Yes. And I know he's got a lot more to talk about today. All right. The gentleman has joined us. Robin, you ready to go? All right, let's do it. You ready to get started? Yes, sir. This is Partnership for the Arts Radio. Come join us as we explore the worlds of art. And you can listen to all the episodes of our talk show on our website at partnershipforthearts.group.org. This podcast was recorded at the Visual Arts Center in Punta Gorda, Florida. Okay, everyone, welcome back. We are setting here for part two of our show with Robin King, recording artist, record producer, pianist, plays the sax. I'm getting close, aren't I? Yes, yes. <laughs> and so much more that we're going to cover in the second part. So, Robin, welcome to the show. Okay. Hi, Robin. Hello, how are you? I'm wonderful, thank very you. Good. How are you today? I am feeling very, very blessed. Oh, very good, blessed. yay. There That's you good. go. We all are. Welcome back to the show, Robin. Good to be here. Yeah. Now, Robin, we were talking before we started the show. We left off on part one. You had ended up in Virginia from the Navy, and you had been there at the restaurant, as, as you stated, that had pretty much changed your life. It was a game changer for you. Correct. And so how about we, we go from there? Okay. So you've been playing there at the restaurant. You played there for, what did you say, over 20 years? Over 20 years, yes. Okay. And what happened? What happens is I get the, from playing at the restaurant, mm -hmm. there were several original songs, like I said before, that I would play at night. The sound system was wired everywhere. And people would come and they would say, I didn't even know you were here. I thought it was a, a CD player. Ah, uh -huh. wow. And I, used, and I used to take that as a great compliment. I was like, good, I finally got the sound right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's, that's what I'm thinking. I yeah. finally got the sound right. Because that song, every day, that piece is the name of the song. Every day, someone would go to and ask them, who's the artist on this song? I would mm -hmm. like to buy this song. That's what prompted me to do my first CD. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. So that's what started my recording career. Okay. And I started out pretty much thinking I was going to get a major deal. You know, we all do if we're going to do it. We right. think we're going to get that major deal. But what happened was realization set in. I, I started learning about the insides of the music business, the marketing that goes along with everything. And I said, well, I'm just going to record it the best I can, and I'm going to do the best album cover I can. I said, I'm not going to have it on cardboard either. I want it shrink wrap. You know, those are things in my, in my mm -hmm. head. Mm -hmm. So I had all that done. Robert, what was the first CD? At Peace. Pressed a thousand copies of At Peace and they sold out within the first summer of the year I produced it. 
Wow. And that was right there at the restaurant. Oh, yeah, okay. Right there at the restaurant. Went from there. They still had music stores then. So wow. I went around to a few mom and pop wow. music stores and I, I put them in wherever I could get in. Mm -hmm. You know, most of the privately owned, not the chains. The chains were right. sponsored by the big record companies. Right. So shelf space very limited there. But I got it all around the Hampton Roads area. So most people in Virginia Beach know me as a recording artist. Okay. Robin, we discussed earlier before the show your strategy for selling your music when you're on the road. So you want to give some insight into that? These records still sell because I have leased them independently. So it's still new when I press a new batch. Mm -hmm. So do you have a number that you try and sell that night? Try to say, well, I'm going to try to sell 10 CDs tonight. Wow, that just doesn't seem like a whole lot for an evening. Mm -hmm. But what people don't realize in the music business, it's 900% profit on one CD. So you don't have to sell a million to make a living. You can sell 50000 and make more money than most people with on their regular nine to fives. Okay. I know that they sell, but I also knew that it was almost next to impossible to get a major deal. I didn't really care about that because I was selling enough for me playing every day. Yeah. If I didn't play every day, I couldn't have made the money off the record sales. Mm -hmm. The only reason why my record sold was because people saw me and they saw and the record right. at the same time. Yeah. So, and that's what I tell people all the time, you, you can't do it unless you're playing, unless you're in front of them, you can't sell music mm -hmm. because it's too much out there. People want what they want when they hear it. Well, it obviously works for you. I mean, you've been successfully doing this on the road for quite a long time. Correct. And, but there's another aspect to the music industry that you're involved in. And that's audio engineering, um, record producing, Right. Um, composing, um, rearranging. Right. And there's a great story to be told. And Gina, you're going to love this one mm. about your sound engineer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because you got to do that show with who? The great Stevie Wonder. Wow. Oh. So <laughs> tell us about that. Well, I had a cousin that lived in, in Washington, D.C., who said that he was working for the Duke Ellington School of the Arts fundraising committee. And they had, Stevie Wonder is a big, big um, sponsor of that school. If you guys look oh, that yes. up, you'll see. But he was doing a charity fundraiser for the school, and they needed sound reinforcement for Stevie Wonder. It wasn't a publicized event. It was a private charity event. Mm -hmm. So they really didn't want to go out with all the big bells and whistles. It was a nice stage, nice hotel, that type of thing in the ballroom. I got, got the call. <laughs> and what did he say when he called? You may get a chance to do sound engineering for Stevie Wonder. And I was just like, Stevie Wonder? <laughs> okay. I'll do yeah. it. And that's just yeah. how I am. I say, okay, even if I'm shaking in my boots. Right, right. Yeah. I'm still going to say, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, I went Steve there and, I did, and the thing I, and it was the most starstruck I had ever been. Mm. You know, I've seen all types of artists, you know, you name it, I've probably seen them live and shook their hands or whatever. Mm -hmm. 
But Stevie was an idol of mine. I grew up listening to Stevie. Yes. Trying to learn everything he did, you know, listening to his vocal arrangements. Mm. And what really amazed me about Stevie was how much of a genius he is. Yes. He has the key to life. He's the first guy that wanted his monitoring system in stereo. Usually people, Mm. uh, musicians know out there or sound engineers that you're going to run your monitor lines. They're going to be mono. They're not going to really be stereo because it's just for the artists to hear themselves, Mm -hmm. not for the people. But Stevie wants to hear everything in stereo. That's interesting. I didn't know that. He also wants mics in the audience. Wow. So he hears what the audience is saying. Oh. Uh, (laughs) You know, he hears all of this in his headphones. Right. And I remember when I first started up with the sound check, he says, this is not in stereo. I says, no, it's not. Would you like it in stereo? He says, yes, I have to have my monitors in stereo. So mm. I did all the configuring and got in stereo. But that taught me how much of a genius he really was and how much aware of his surroundings yes. he really was. Being blind, he was still aware. Along the lines of Ray Charles to do yeah. uh, prolific things like that. And he would, you know, he'd get up on the stage and he'd just start hitting the knobs. And I mean, I'm talking technical things that... Yeah we have to see to do. Mm-hmm. He was just doing it from feel and sound, feel and sound, feel. And I just thought that was the most amazing thing. Yes. Other than his great music. Yeah. Just him as a person. He was just he was a, a genius, genius as a person. That's right. Yeah. Musical genius. So to me, to, the, to date, that's one of my biggest highlights of my life. And to me, that's, I was done. You still yeah. forget it. What was, <laughs> what was your, I have to ask, what was your impression of Stevie Wonder. Of how much of a gentleman, the politeness, the, mm. the caring for other people, from a star of that caliber. Wow. You know, just, you know, even the guy who made mistakes, he would bring them up. He wouldn't put them down. He'd right. bring them up. No, do it mm. this way. When you see an artist do that, it touches you in a certain way, mm-hmm. other than his musical ability. So he's just high up on my scale of good people. Well, that's yeah, what you're supposed yeah. to do as a, as a human, but as an artist as well. You're supposed to lift the other person up or else what, what use is it? What good is it yeah. if you're not lifting someone up? That's right. not part of the right. mission as right. far as I'm concerned. That's not my assignment. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just had to touch on that, Robin, because when we were talking before the show and, and you had mentioned that, I'm yeah. like, wow. Well, yeah. like I said, that's one of, those, one of my biggest smiles in my heart when I'm not when you see me smiling for no reason I, I go back to those moments oh, things like that that's mm-hmm. wonderful you know? yeah. so you got a chance to play with Stevie well I oh, I'm sorry I'm sorry you, right. you recorded right. for Stevie right. I wouldn't dare play it by <laughs> Stevie Wonder come on really wait a minute well, yeah, what I would. I would, yes you would they would have had to come push me to do it they would have had to push me to do it just because I respect them so much Right, and I just I don't want to mess it up. <laughs> but if stuff. if he asked you to do it, oh, I'd do whatever he asked. Exactly, right away, exactly. I'm I'm just saying he's one of my idols that I grew up yes. listening to. So yeah. I think we all did. That yeah. Been yeah. A joy. yeah, yeah. And then to get to meet him, it was just you know on top of it. And then I'm working for him, mm. trying to make him happy. Right. At right. the same trying time, trying to make it right. It was, it was a lot to take on. I think that would be an understatement. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm Janet Watermeyer, Executive Director of the Visual Arts Center 
and I listen to Partnership for the Arts talk show. Okay, thank you, Janet Watermeyer, the Executive Director here at the Visual Arts Center for that. Robin, let's talk about your music. We had mentioned your first recording release, At Peace, and there are more. Yes, I have five total. All right, let's talk a little bit more about the first one and we'll move on from there. How about that? Okay, At Peace is number one, which came from Aldo's Italian Restaurant. That's what started my career. At Peace was 90% original, Okay. which I learned, you know, as you learn from doing marketing things, you figure out what's going on. Yes. So the second CD was called The Piano Scenes, mm. and it was 90% covers and 10% original, mm-hmm. Okay. which turned out to be the biggest selling CD with the covers on it. But it then turned around and made people want to buy my original music. Yes. Once they got a bearing on the tunes that they were familiar with, then they wanted to hear my original music. Okay. So that's one of the things I learned as a record exec. You have to get people familiar in order for them to accept your originality. Yeah. Wow. I think there is a whole lot of wisdom in that one. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, so Robin, your third release, it's got a special meaning to you. Correct. Tell you how this CD came about. My wife's grandfather was deathly ill, and he always loved the way I play. So I made a CD for him, which is straight piano, no electronics, no background, you know, Mm -hmm. nothing, just straight piano. And... Gave it to him, and he listened to it to through the end of his time. Aww. So I named that CD Robin King Unplugged. It has standards like Misty. It has oh. Unchained Melody. Um, Just brought so, me back to, to yeah. uh, the evening that we saw you. Yeah, that the was the third CD, correct. Yes. And that was the third CD. And then the fourth CD, which I did five or six years ago, it's called Vision Number Four. Mm-hmm. It has fifty percent original, fifty percent cover. Wow, you have been busy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and number five, and number five is a CD that I have not marketed or, or what I say, mass copy. It really doesn't have a name yet. Okay, now what about finishing it and recording it? Because you had that studio in Virginia Beach, mm-hmm. uh, but you sold it when you moved, right? To Georgia? Correct. In, oh, you're in Georgia. But after I moved away, um, I pretty much let that go with the thoughts of rebuilding mm-hmm. here in, in the further south. And it's still on my mind. And when I reached Punta Gorda, it came back in my mind a lot stronger for some reason. Really? I want to share it. Awesome. Because I like the area. Yep, that's how it happened. Yes, yes. (laughs) Because it's an artsy area to me. Yes, Yes, it is. is. And how did you make the trek from Georgia to Punta Gorda? Well, I was dating a young lady who had a cousin that lived here. She says, we're going to go to Florida. I said, oh, I'd love to go to Florida. Mm. So we just came to Florida. Never heard of Punta Gorda in my life. You know, been to Miami, been to Naples, golf sure. trips, things like that. 
and I always take a keyboard with me wherever I go. Mm-hmm. I mean, I usually have something where I can get away and just play. So I set up on her lanai, um, this cousin's lanai in the backyard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and before I knew it, all the neighbors were, this sounds so beautiful. This was Thanksgiving morning. Wow. Oh, yeah. Thanksgiving morning three years ago. Wow. Yeah. Neighbors come by. Wow, the music is just so pretty out here. We was trying yes. to figure out where it came from. And I was like, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And next thing I know, they got me playing for the community picnic. <laughs> 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 Which led to me meeting Chris Ham over there, the food and beverage manager at the Wyvern Hotel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So they say, yeah, you should go to the Wyvern, you know, go over there and talk. And, and he says, well, we really are booked right now. We have everybody in there. And I say, I understand, I understand. He says, but 4th of July is coming. Do you do the national anthem? I said, well, I haven't, but I can, yes. We can do that. I went up 4th of July, played the national anthem at the Wyvern and Perch 360. Mm. Very big crowd, big crowd of people. Yes. Played oh, that one, and next thing I know, he comes up and says, well, you want to play the rest of the night? <laughs> I said, yeah, I'll play the rest of the night. And, <laughs> Wonderful. And the rest is history. Coming back up. And then you played other places from Yes, there. through the wonderful people here in Peru. You should go to the Orange House. Yes. I yeah. was like, what is that? Love that yeah, place. It's a great place. Yeah. It's a yeah. wine and tapa restaurant. I said, okay. I contacted um, Lisa, the owner, and she invited me in. Mm-hmm. Um, I played for her the first night, and she said she enjoyed it and invited me back several times after that. So yes. thank you, Lisa. Appreciate I hope it. you get yeah. to go back again because that's a wonderful venue. Back there, I hope so. Because I love the uh, atmosphere in the place. Yeah, it is. It's, it's great musical it's, atmosphere. It's, it's, so yeah. aside from the Orange House and the Wyvern, are there other places that you would like to play or have played? Besides? I would like to do that they have. I, they have a lot of great outdoor concerts. Yeah, the, uh, the Jazz Festival. Yes, yeah, but that's one of the things I would like started. to do. It's just such a wonderful vibe here. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know whether it's because I'm an artist or what, but the people are are very artsy themselves. Actually, yes. to me, and uh, you know, you got painted bicycles all over the place, things like that. Yes, so, that's Team Punta Gorda <laughs> from. Like, well, okay. yes, yeah. Yeah, that Punta was different Gorda. for me. So, yeah. I, I think that's really what attracted me to Punta Gorda and. Now I'm playing the Wyvern pretty much on a regular basis at the uh, 88 Keys and the Perch 360. I do them both. Yeah. I do them um, outside and inside as well. Um. Right. First place we heard you play. 360 up on the uh, rooftop. Yeah, and I think, Gina, you would agree that we have seen Robin perform at both places. Keyboards, rooftop, and then the uh, piano. Last two performances at 88 Keys, it's quite a different experience. Mm-hmm. Quite a range. Yes, kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah, and, and that comes from, remember I told you I started playing reggae and calypso at the oceanfront, mm-hmm. and I used to have four or five keyboards and going. You know, I don't believe we talked about that here on the show, though. Oh, okay, well, you know, I played reggae and calypso in my early years um, out of the Navy, and the ship yeah. I was in went to the shipyard. Mm-hmm. So I just started playing um, down at Virginia Beach's oceanfront in right. the afternoons. 
that was a solo thing outside, party people in flip-flops enjoying themselves, mm -hmm. you know. So that's a different type of vibe than yeah. in a fine restaurant. Okay, so let's move forward. We've got a little bit of time left here. Robin, let's cover a little bit about your tour. You want to uh, start out by giving a shout-out to your hometown, state of Georgia? How you doing, Georgia? How you doing? I'll be back, I think. <laughs> yeah, I'll be back soon. So you travel from there to Virginia to here? Is yes, that, I, I, um, I play the Norfolk Hilton um, in Norfolk, Virginia. It's called The Main. It's a beautiful, beautiful establishment. I mean, they have five restaurants in here, um, three or four lounges, um, cream, cream of the crop of yeah. the city there. Yeah, beautiful place. How long are you there? I play there usually three nights a week, two weeks out of the month. Then I leave there and I come and play um, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Oh, wonderful. I usually do a three-night stay in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And from Myrtle Beach, I go to the Atlanta, Georgia area. Play all around that area, which is a huge area, so you can't really just say Atlanta. It's just mm -hmm. right. It's huge. It's yeah. huge. So between there and Albany, and then I go down towards St. Petersburg. I call it the East Coast Swing Tour. That's it's my own little tour. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. It's got a good ring to it. <laughs> Sounds good. Robin, we talked about where you tour. So why don't you explain to us why you tour? I'm doing this because it's something I've always wanted to do, was tour. Mm -hmm. There you go. But I was fortunate enough to have a house job. Right. Which most musicians yes. beg for. Yes. So mm -hmm. I was blessed early. Yes. So now I'm able to do the things that I always thought was missing in my career. And that's going out playing for people that I didn't know. Or places that I didn't know or were unfamiliar with. So, and this worked out great. It, it really has because I'm out here on faith from the beginning. Yeah. And when you get there and the faith you know, it confirms itself, you know, it's no greater feeling than that. Right. When you're doing what you know you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, seems like great. it's a lot of commitment and a lot of running and traveling. It is. How are you able to balance life, your life on the road as a musician and your personal life? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a musician first. Then, as a musician, I have to figure out how am I going to be responsible for those in my life. Interesting. Yes. I can't be responsible for those in my life if I don't complete the first part. So, it's very, very hard to do. Mm -hmm. um, it's hard for your significant others. It's hard for your kids. Sometimes you're missing ball games and you're missing that evening thing when they come home from school and everybody's sitting around and relaxing. Right. I'm gone mm -hmm. because prime time, dinner time is five, six o'clock. I'm right. out of there. Right. So I missed a lot of that growing up that some people call a sacrifice. I never called it a sacrifice. Mm -hmm. I call it, this is my job. This is what I have to do. Right. People work all kinds of shifts, yeah. you know, and they don't have to justify mm -hmm. it. Right, right. But, yeah, a doctor has to be on call. But as a musician, you yeah. have to justify it sometimes. Uh oh, here we go. <laughs> Dave. <laughs> right. Well, you're an artist, but as a visual right. artist, too, why aren't you looking for a job? Or why aren't Correct. you, you know, they'll ask people that. And you're 
people right. shake their heads and say, well, this is my job. Well, this yeah, is what you I have do. Oh, people. you mean the standard of when you're going to get a real job. job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well done. I assume you heard that too. Well, I'm young when I was in my 30s and I was still doing this. Right. Like, dude, I got a real job. Right. You just don't have it as easy as me. <laughs> oh, wow. And no do you practice every day? Every day. Every, every day. day. Every day. Every day. Every we day talked I about that, people. you and I, Dave, mm-hmm. the other day that, you know, we practice. Doctors practice. Yeah. Lawyers practice. Artists practice. Yeah. They have yeah. to practice Even every day. Even if it's mentally. Right. Yes, mm-hmm. at this point, yeah, the, no, the whole preparation mentally. from concept yeah. to fruition. Yeah. Okay. So, anything else? Yes, I, I would <laughs> love to know um, who your musical influences are. Okay. Well, growing up, my first inspiration was Stevie Wonder. Well, yeah, we... and that's why I was so starstruck. Because from a kid on, that was my. I used to read his albums, read the producer. I used to read everything on an album. Mm-hmm. I think we all did. Yeah, you know, every little thing until I started <laughs> understanding what it all meant. Yes. So he would play the drums, he would play the keys, he'd play several different instruments. I like, I could do that. I could do that. I could do that. Check, mm. check, 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 check. Confirming my musicianship in my own little mind there. <laughs> <laughs> so, what other influences? Stevie Wonder is one. Stevie Wonder, Johnny Mathis. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> we just ooh together. We did. That was in <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Robin, Johnny Mathis. Because um, my grandma wore Johnny Mathis albums out. I mean, yeah. constantly. You know. Oh, oh Venus. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But all of that sunk into me. Yes. Okay, so Robin, how about the smooth jazz influence? Um, I'm going to say maybe 20 years ago, 25, I started following a smooth jazz artist by the name of Alex Bouillon. Oh. You ever heard of Alex yes. Bouillon? Yes. Yeah. Wow. So I opened for him as well. He gave me some good advice. He said, never sign with a small label. Mm. And when I took that to heart, if I'm going to sign with a small label, it would be my own. Mm. Okay. And that's pretty much what I did. So... Now I'm looking at trying to keep that growing, leaving it here. I'm perfectly fine where I am, trust me. Right. I think we can tell that, sitting here talking with you. When you play, you're relaxed, comfortable, you're happy, you're enjoying yourself. Yes, I am. You exude that. And and it definitely comes out when you play. Yes, and that is my best time of day. I mean, it's my therapy. It's my relaxation. It's my stress reliever. Mm Mm-hmm. It's my trigger for better thoughts. You know, everything plays a part in everything I do, and I try to keep it that way. Because wow. you, you are what you live. Yes. You know, if you live in a certain way, then you're gonna, it's going to show. That is so true. Mm-hmm. So I live for the, for the arts, for the music. Yay! We love that. We love that. I do. Gives me a tingle up my spine. (laughs) Yeah, I yeah I really do, and I believe that that's why I was put here. That's right. That is your mission. That's what I said earlier. That is definitely your mission. I only have only met you what now twice. Yeah. And um, three times now. And you was talking about the style that I played. Mm -hmm. Yes, was incredible. People, you know, I told you in the earlier segment that my come from a musical family. Right. So my grandfather was a band leader, but most of my family can play an instrument. I was just the only stubborn one. 
<laughs> did it for a living. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Robin, that reminds me. We were talking about musical influence from your family and other artists, but we didn't touch on what influence your mother has had on you and the style in which you play. Mother, awesome piano player. Mm-hmm. She had a very light touch. My touch isn't heavy, it's light. It is. I When we shook hands, I felt it in, yeah, the, in the handshake. And oh. people always say, you know, you have your mother's touch on a piano. And that's how she played. Just He was almost tickling. The, you could, like, he was just like a feather with one hand. I thought that was just incredible. Like, that's one touch. of the things that gave me the mm-hmm. goosebumps. Right, it's the touch. And, mm-hmm. and that's, that's where it comes from. Mm-hmm. It's my mother's touch on a piano Yes, that people gravitate That's to. That's that blessing. It's yeah. a blessing. Yeah, they gravitate to. It was so, wonderful. So we're about out of time. Gina, you want to get to the trivia? Yes. Perfect. So I, here's something for you. I have a little trivia for you real quick. Okay. Yeah, just, I won't hurt you. I like you. trivia. You do? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if I said three names, and I'm going to mention them, you describe with one word or a short sentence, what they mean to you. They're, these are pianists, actually. Ahmad Jamal, what would you say about him? Deep. Yes, <laughs> I would say the same thing. And it would take a special person to really capture what he's doing. Yes, I have a CD. It's, I don't know how it's not worn out. Art Tatum. Art Tatum, happy. He, he was happy to be playing, sort of like myself. Yeah, but he... Here's the difference between the two of you, for sure. He's got this frenetic energy that's just frantic and yeah. all over the place, but it's, it's, it's this composition there. Yeah. As though Miles Davis was playing. Even if Miles Davis went off key with another player, he would make it work somehow. There's no such thing as a mistake if you hit the note twice. <laughs> <laughs> There's no... You got it. Well, you know it then. That's do it right. again. Mess That's up, right. again. Just make like a song. painting. If you if you think you messed up, you just paint over it again it. and make it right. That's it. Um, okay, so here's another one. Oscar Peterson. I actually have him on my iPod. And and so there's another. He's another one that I relate to as sort of like myself. <laughs> well, Gina's got something to tell you. What did I tell you about the picture I saw? Okay, yeah. so six degrees. We always talk about six degrees of separation yeah. here, Dave and I. Um, Oscar is a relative of mine. Really? Yes. So when I pulled up a picture to show Dave, you guys look alike. Yeah, we did. And I, I said to myself, that's I said, I me. wonder, right, I wonder if <laughs> we're <right>. related. <laughs> I mean, it's funny you mentioned Oscar Peterson because I hear things that I play mm-hmm. that he's playing. Yes, okay. sir. And I didn't get it from him. I heard it last night. Yeah, and I right. She was telling me this all last night. Yeah. And so that's uh, a very good observation on your own part. Separation. We've yeah. known each other before we even knew each other. There we so go. did so did you yep. and I, Dave. Yep, being twins and all. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay, so we are gonna wrap up part two. The interview with Robin King. Robin, anything else you'd like to say in closing? I would like to thank you and Gina oh. for having me here. It's been a wonderful morning for me to come in and enjoy this. So Aww. I can't think of any way better to do it. I'm about to go out and try to hit some balls. A Woo! Bit. There you go. That's awesome. If it's well, not too muggy. It's, uh, Robin, you're in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Robin, thank you again for stopping by, taking time out of your tour to visit with us. It's been a delight and 
incredibly insightful. Well, I look forward to coming back and talking to you guys, and I'm hoping your show grows and grows and grows because oh, you guys you. are really good people and you guys really have the spirit of the art. So, oh, thank well, you. Well, you know. thank you, sir. We appreciate you so much. Yeah. Robin King, I tell you what, owner of the keys <laughs> to his kingdom. Oh, Did I get that? Goodness. Did you get it? Yeah, that sounds like the title for CD it? number five. That was good. Keys to the kingdom. Okay. So we've got to wrap up again. Robin, thanks for coming on the show. And for everyone listening, we thank you for tuning in. We will get back together where we talk art. Gina, you have a good day. You have a wonderful day too, Dave. And I'll see you next show. See you next time. Bye, everybody. You know, you guys never did actually answer trivia question number three, right? This is Partnership for the Arts Radio. Come join us as we explore the worlds of art. And you can listen to all the episodes of our talk show on our website at partnershipforthearts.org. This podcast was recorded at the Visual Arts Center in Punta Gorda, Florida.